The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. This retro episode of the Recruiter's Lounge took place on, let's see here, March 26, 2008. Here is the original description. India and the U.S. Recession. An IT staffing firm in India gets some ideas from Jim and Karen on what they should be doing while the U.S. is in recession. Karen and Jim bicker briefly over the virtues of capitalism versus communism. And is it a good time to buy property and then rent it out? And, oh, happy belated birthday, Karen. All this and more in this special retro edition of the Recruiter's Lounge, which originally aired... Um, March 26, 2008, right after this special word from our sponsor. Recruitment marketing, as compared to maybe employer branding, is all about getting your message and your story in front of the right audience. It's a lot to manage, and what Practic Talent does for our clients is we help centralize so you have one partner, one vendor to help you manage all those relationships. And not only that, we help you track the effectiveness of every media dollar you spend on hiring so that you know in real time that you're getting the greatest ROI for your marketing investment to attract great talent into your company. We help our clients with recruitment marketing in a couple ways. One is in recruitment marketing strategy. And with that, we really take the time to help you build the right strategy. And then we get mutual approval on that strategy before you spend a single dime. The other way we do this is through our agency of record service. This is a partnership with you where we're able to reach out to publishers on your behalf to negotiate better pricing, to execute on media campaigns, uh, and really act as an extension of your team. Some of the benefits that our clients have seen working with Practic Talents Recruitment Marketing Services is an overall reduction of 30% cost per applicant. That's really significant. It's showing that we're able to leverage great technology, programmatic, and we're also flexible and scalable. We're platform agnostic. We're always gonna use whatever the greatest and latest technology is, whatever the best platforms are to help create efficiencies in your media purchasing so that you're always on the cutting edge. For more information on Proactive Talent, visit them online at proactivetalent.com or click the link in the podcast description. Radio, radio, radio Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. And this is Karen Matten, and, and welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry. And it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. SGA, Executive Tracker Pro, is an online service providing contact information on thousands of executives at each of the top public and private companies. And here it is, people. It is 100%, yes, 100% telephone verified. 
constantly updated, highly accurate, and comprehensive. With SGA Executive Tracker Pro, you have at your fingertips the contact information of C-level executives and all of those essential director and management level personnel that you just can't seem to find anywhere else. Listen up, people. SGA Executive Tracker Pro can dramatically shorten the amount of time it takes you to find the best leads. Hey, pick up the phone right now and give them a call. Tell them Jim Stroud said, I could have a free 15-minute online demonstration of your product, and I want to see it right now. The number you need to make that happen is 518-843-4611. That's 518-843-4611. And, of course, you can also find them online at www.sgaexecutivetracker.com. Affinity Circles is the leading provider of exclusive social networks for established professional organizations seeking to promote career advancement opportunities among their members. Today, preferred employers such as Merrill Lynch, Oracle, and TiVo are using Affinity Circles to source qualified passive candidates from over 140 top-tier organizations like Stanford, Dartmouth, and Golden Key Honor Society. To learn more, visit AffinityCircles.com. That's A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y Circles.com. And now, on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is another exciting episode of the Recruiter's Lounge. I'm your host, Jim Stroud, and sitting next to me in the lounge chair, as always, well, not, maybe not always, but more times than not, is my co-host, Karen Madden. How are you, Karen? Hi, Jim. Now, what do you mean, not always? I you know that, always be here, always. Well, uh, nine times out of ten, you're there, but there are a couple of times we're off doing better things. Oh, so. that's for my birthday, huh? Happy belated birthday every, to, to Karen, everyone. I had to put that one in there. You know yes, I, I did. Yes, I know you did. I know you did. I have my birthday month. It's still my birthday month. It's your birthday month. Yes, and I won't say how old I am because I am old. Uh, north of 16 uh-huh. and south of 99. That's a good one. <laughs> I like that. Well, a lot more north than south. <laughs> Ooh, okay. All right. That, we'll, we'll go ahead. Uh, I couldn't resist. You know, payback's going to be revenge. Uh, oh, yeah, because my birthday month is coming up pretty soon, too. Yeah, my payback to revenge. Go ahead. Oh. Go ahead. What, we, what do you have in store for us today? Well, you know what? I was reading these articles. Well, I'm always reading these articles, I guess. But there, a lot of people have been pinging me on Instant Messenger and, and, and uh, emailing me. At uh, Jim Stroud, at course, at jimstroud.com, and saying, Jim, dude, uh, U.S. recession. Uh, not a good thing for you guys, but especially not a good thing for us. And I was talking to someone who works in the uh, IT staffing uh, uh, organizations over in India, and they were saying, you know what, uh, should I be worried? Should I pack up my, my bags and leave? I mean, uh, a lot of people are asking, what should I do? And I said, you know what, the U.S. is in a, it's in a recession. Uh, it's going to bounce back eventually. Uh, I guess it's just a matter of, of, I don't know, being cautiously optimistic is what I told them. I mean, because... Although it does look bad, uh, and it's bad, and I'm sure, Karen, you'll, you'll, uh, <laughs> jump in and say, how bad it is, you know, I got, for those who don't know, Karen will say it's, it's bad and it's been bad for a long time. Mm. Whereas I would say, uh, she's right, but it's not the end of the world. 
And so I, I was talking to um, some of my friends over in India, and I was sort of brainstorming with them, saying, okay, well, it's bad. You need to figure out ways to weather the storm or, or maybe even do something different. Um, and these are some suggestions that I had. Let me just sort of get my little list out here because I was rambling, and as I was rambling off with them, I said, you know, this is good content that somebody else might in India might want to use. I want to interject something. So when you ramble, mm-hmm. you ramble, but I rant. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's go. Because ahead. rant is, is, is the um, – I don't know. The female version of Ramble. Yeah, the female version of Ramble. Okay, okay. Right. See, okay, everybody, you see what I have to No, but, but see, you know, I, that Ramble had a purpose, though. I was rambling on so I can get my notes so I can mm-hmm. go over that. Okay. <laughs> so the Ramble had a purpose. Not that your rants don't have a purpose. I'm going to get myself in trouble. Okay. All right. These are my notes that I had uh, from my friends over in India who um, contacted me asking for uh, advice. And so here's some more advice for people who take who want it, take it or leave it. Okay. If I were an IT staffing firm in India relying on U.S. dollars to keep me viable. This is some things I would probably look into. And, Karen, as I throw these out, bounce back on me and see what you think of these ideas. Okay. Okay, one might be to set up a 24-hour tech support service and reach out to other countries with my services because I'm coming from the viewpoint of all of the all of the clients for this particular India IT staffing firm are all in America. So, so my, kind of, uh, what kind of a, uh, what are they going to be browsing back on? Because isn't that what they're kind of doing right now? Or well, yeah, but see, they were, they were focused. Yeah, but they were focused exclusively on the United States, and I was like, well, you know, there are ah. other countries, there are other countries, and you could go and do business with, you know. So I said, maybe set up a twenty-four hour tech support service for other countries outside of the United States and outside of India. What I think also, since they know the telephone number doesn't have to go zero one all the time, why not just do some of the work in in state at home? Well, yeah, what it could do is get a Vonage box. You know Vonage? Mm-hmm. You know, I know some people um, who've had Vonage for a while, and, and they, they swear by it, saying it's like the end-all, beat-all. But you can get a Vonage number in, in a different city or state and just sort of circulate that. So if you are want to do business in Australia, maybe get a Vonage box in Australia and let there be your number so it will be a local call. Yeah, but what I was, um, my comment was, why, you know, like how Americans like to just work a lot with Americans and we do right. a lot of work with Americans. How come Indians don't do work with Indians? Maybe they do. Well, it's just, it's just more money over here. Out to American focus, so why not focus more on in-home work? Because I guess I guess profit margin would be the answer to that. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, that, I mean, if I can make more money across the pond than across the street, then I'm going across the pond, and internet makes that easy. How about then? I wonder. This is my question. I think out loud. Okay, when I used to work as a recruiter, my mm. first thing I wanted my boss when I worked for another company. Okay, yeah. my boss always used to say, "Don't go, big, don't go fishing for all those big hundred thousand dollar jobs all the time." Right? Mm. Those forty thousand dollar jobs are much easier to place. You can place one of those within a week or a couple of days, so you can get six one hundred, uh, say six of those smaller ones, compared to taking months just to do the one and one hundred thousand. Oh, so you say? So you like to look for the smaller fish? Get a lot of smaller fish instead of a few big fish. Absolutely, because I think that sometimes people get so caught up with the dollar figure. What about the fact, too, because, I mean, I think you're a little optimistic here, but what about mm. the fact that you've heard the – have you ever heard of the term India uh, fatigue and China fatigue? India and China fatigue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have heard that. Well, the thing is, that's been going on for some time now. I'd say about a good year or so. There's ways around that. You just get someone to um, be your your face, so to speak, in a different region. You know, if you want to, like this is something I've seen a lot of firms do too. Like if they want to do business in America or in Australia, they may hire someone who is from that region to represent them in that country. Well, that's not the reason that the fatigue's happening. The fatigue is happening first off because it's gotten more and more expensive to do work in India. 
You know, I, I have been hearing that. And I'd like to hear back from some more people on this, too, because I, I think that one article that I read recently, I think it was in Silicon India I read this, um, that said that the uh, the profit margin is going to uh, dwindle. That's going to be just as expensive to hire people in India as it is here in the United States, so it won't be so cost-effective, and eventually they're going to look at other countries to uh, outsource to because they'll be actually cheaper than India. Was that an older article? Because that's what said that, that uh, Deloitte just did recently did uh, research on I think that's what I read. And cause they were speculating. It's happened already. Yeah, well, I don't know if it happened already, but I think they're speculating about 2012. Well, interesting because they, it'll be the same as research and said it's happening, and it's why the word the words China India fatigue has come about because they're saying, you know, and that's why it's called the insourcing. They're bringing them back home. They're bringing them back home into the Americas. South America's now become popular. Well, Brazil has always been. Brazil is like a, a big kept. Uh, uh, I guess what they call an open secret. Yeah, because Belize of, now is huge. Because you call someone wild. in Brazil in call center in Brazil, you think you're talking to someone in England a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got Belize, and then you've also got Nicaragua. So right. now, and then also India now also is making call centers here in the United States because they're finding it to be cheaper and more cost effective. Well, hey, there you go. And so what they're saying is with the Indian-China fatigue is that, you know, in regards to, look, it's because, especially with the recession, the fall of the dollar now makes it even with the their money and their exchange and the fact that they're raising the prices, I mean, it's like also like, you know, I don't know if you've heard this, but Middle East has also had a problem too. Mm. It used to be very cheap to hire a lot of people and bring them into the Middle East and do all this labor. Now it's really, really expensive too. They've raised a lot of prices as well. So, But many of you are seeing what they call the Indian China fatigue, especially comes to you've got a major cultural difference, more so than in the Western Hemisphere, because that's what, you know, South America is considered Westernized, or, mm. you know, Western, right? Yeah. And you also have the issues of huge, bigger, larger language barriers. You know, the, one other answer might be to this, too, is, and I was brainstorming, I said, well, maybe, because it's all B2B, usually. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when I go B to C, and I was telling them about uh, different sites like Elance, for example, mm-hmm. which is a site where you can go and sell uh, your services more to, to the consumer on a, like a one-on-one basis. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, so um, there's Elance is one. There's also one called Guru, and there was one called Moonlighting.com. I, that's because, a good idea. You know, and they say just go with the consumers because there are a lot of consumers, especially here in the states, who may not understand how to do something on their computer. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can set up a business that way. Just going straight to, straight to the consumer. I think that's an absolutely good idea. In fact, like when I wanted to design a website not too long ago, and I was having a hard time, I was was hoping that somebody could like that would come up to me and say, I can help you. You know, if you can go to Elance, you probably can find some people there too. But uh, this, this particular IT staffing firm I'm thinking of, that's something they may want to consider as well. Just go after the consumers instead of going B2B or maybe in addition to B2B. Excellent idea. I like that. The other idea I have for them, I say, you know what, if you have, you're an IT, uh, use the IT talent you have on staff and just create products of your own. Maybe transform your staffing company into a software company and make your consultants into shareholders so they can get together, vote on the best ideas and what direction the company should take. And simply, um, instead of looking for work from other companies, become a company that produces products itself. Now, here's the thing. Let's, okay, now let's get back to the reality of the recession aspect. Hmm. Japan's really angry at us right now. I don't know if you know this. Hmm. Because they're now facing a recession because of our recession. Well, when we catch cold, you know, when we, when we sneeze, everybody catches a cold, so yeah. Yeah, it's like, for example, we can't afford to, you know, our dollar is so weak that it costs more for us to buy product. We yeah. can't even afford to buy our own product. Well, what was cheaper to go ahead and go overseas to 
you know, do labor on because we become more expensive because our dollars drop that much. Mm. And also with the, the raise in gas and oil, that makes it even more expensive to transport it back home. It is a good sign to have some euros in your pocket. Definitely. And I mean, definitely have some gold if you had some. Mm. You know, or if you have invested in Visa, that would have been a good idea. Oh, Lord, give me <laughs> that IPO on Visa. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. Visa laid like $27 billion in one, what was it? Or was it? I can't remember the exact money. So don't please. I just pulled that one out, okay? I don't know. It was an <laughs> enormous, huge amount of Thank money. you for clearing that up. So if you want me emailing and saying, yeah, you said it was this. Because, uh, look, it was just this huge. I didn't even, first off, I didn't even know that Visa was not public. I always thought it was. And they had their IPO last week. And they talk about safe. That yeah. is one safe one because, I mean, they want you to not pay their bills. They would love you not to pay their bills. They take. They love that you are risk. It's it's all part of their world domination plot. Oh, I because they want you to keep paying the minimal the minimal balance so you can always stay a customer. And if you default, by the way, what happens is that they can only collect for up to three months. Then the government pays it off, and then they get to sell it. What a cash hole for them. <laughs> it is a good hustle. You know, so the thing is, they'll know, they recession, oh, my gosh, please, come on, recession, make more money for us is all they can hear. They love that, right? So, but the thing is, can you imagine their stock went up in less than two days to, like, 50 bucks a share? Nice. Yeah, and I'm nice. thinking if only I, I mean I had told my husband it was on the same day it was had gone to twenty two dollars and I said let's buy some now let's talk to our guy he kind of got a little back I don't know why my husband is so he's great guy but he's such a coward when it comes to these things and I should have just done it got I mean a thousand shares if all we had to do is maybe buy a thousand shares I would have oh, made wow. twice the amount that's, more than hundred that's a nice that's a nice segue but uh, did we get away from the original okay sorry <laughs> <That is laughs> so good, like okay good well, point yeah that's nice but, but well, yeah I see the thing is I mean I see that prior to what was happening I mean because I believe that this recession has happened since August last year okay we know that you know August I know you've been talking about it since then and I've also said it's been there yeah. I really believe that yeah well the thing is these India has been getting to see some fallout since then too. So, you, so wait, are you saying this? Are you are in a roundabout way? You're saying it's not a good idea for them to, for a company, a staffing IT staffing company, to not produce its own products and into I the marketplace. I think that everything you're saying is probably the best thing these guys need to do. But as I always say too, be, be cautious also in expanding into something brand new, especially in a recession. Because recessions, yes, they're going to end eventually, but usually when they end, they take businesses down with them. Hmm. Well, maybe maybe then an alternative might, might be just to start a company around a product, but maybe do um, software as a service. I like your contracting idea. The contracting idea. Oh, I mean with the, with the Elance and yeah, those I kind think of things. Depending your putting it. But that's even the consumer. Stuff. That's you, you mean yeah. aiming towards the consumer with a uh, consulting for consumers as opposed to businesses. Yeah, because every consumer is going to have either if it's a small product or whatever, you know, and not if they don't have tons and tons of jet money to always spend, especially. When you're in a recession, there's less money to spend and less ability to spend, but a small guy like yourself comes out and says, I'll, char- I'll charge you less than the big guys. I'm going to go ahead and jump all over you. You know what? That's, 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 I'm, uh, I think that's good because I'm thinking also, and it's like the final point on my list, 
was I would tell them to pursue the idea market. You know, like you look at these commercials yes. here in the States, you know, said, you know, you should patent your idea, you should patent your ex- your invention. You know, um, a lot of people have ideas on how to create some kind of super software, uh, and, you know, but they don't know how to actually make it. Well, I got so to So you could something. go to these companies and say, hey, you know what, I have an idea for something, but I just don't know how to do it. Will you well, find you know this what? NDA and make it for me? Dennis Kozowski, much as I don't like this man. Okay? Dennis who? Dennis Kozowski. Huh. Tycho. He said a comment about how Tycho made business, and it was such a great, it's a great concept. Now he, well, he's the CEO of Tycho. He was. He was. He's in jail now. Yeah. Right, 25 or 27 years, you know. Explain real quickly to people who don't know. All right, Dennis Kozowski is the one who robbed Tycho of $150 million. That's a lot of petty cash. All in his pocket. That's a lot of petty in cash. In two years, Paige. In two years, about a two-year period. Wow. And they don't think, some people don't think that the crime suits the punishment, but I'm sorry. I'm you still have the $50 million, you should go to jail. Money because of that company, okay? I had stocks in that uh, because my husband used to work for Tyco. So, hey, no, don't so, even go there. So you're saying that people think that the, the CEO for stealing, uh, embezzling $150 million is not an offense worthy of going to jail? They thought that it was a little extreme the 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, man, gotta be kidding me, right? Well, anyways, so, okay, but he made a comment that was so cool about Tyco, that how they didn't always follow the trend, but they went for the mass product, for, mm. and they went for the cheaper mass product, okay? Yep. He said, when people were panning for, panning for gold, mm. they'll make the tool and the shovel to help you big, dig for the gold. Wow. You see, in other words, instead of out there being panned for the gold, Make the tool and shovel these we're going to use to make and make it cheap so they can afford it. That's how Levi Strauss made his money back in the day, sold jeans to miners. Yes. You see, you find the product that people need. If people are going to build restaurants, then what do you want to be? You want to be the guy who wants to just sell the pots and pans because everybody else is going to do that. Or are you going to sell the sprinkler systems is what they did. Hmm. See, what they did is they went outside the obvious. Yep. Okay, what is it that they're going to need a lot of for sure legally? Like, for example, they sell security systems, right? And, you know, especially after 9 11, they mm-hmm. started pushing more and more on the security systems. And by the way, many insurance companies push on, like, for example, jewelry stores. That's right. Because jewelry stores will actually give you money. You have to have it, you have to have a security system. And number two, you also get a discount on in your insurance. So, so you're, people make tons of money doing that. So you're saying the viable option for for IT staffing companies in India is to look at the common denominator of all of their clients and say all of our clients seem to need X. So we should make our business or our service just around this particular service. X. Service, service, service. Service, not all a product. Make it about a service. Too. But if you have a product, you can keep reselling it without paying the people product. to keep doing it. But product takes money to manufacture, and it's a higher risk. What if it's, it's well, well, what if it's a digital product? What if it's software? Now, if it's software, it becomes a little easier. But the fact is, I can live without a software. Kind of make sure that the product is something that these people cannot live without. Hmm. For example, I can live without uh, I can live without software, but I have as long as I have an Outlook. Outlook comes with my Microsoft product, right. so I don't need it, right? Hmm. I don't need any other because I know how to make Outlook become such a great ATS. I right. manufacture. By the way, I can give a class on that anybody wants. How to put that in there? <laughs> well, back to this. I mean, it's like. Do I need that product? Am I going to live or die without it? Does it make my business easier? Great. It makes my business easier, but does it have to cost money to go ahead and make my business easier when I don't have money because it's a recession? See, businesses right now are firing by droves. They're firing big time to get rid of overhead. Right. So if you know that they're firing to get rid of overhead, that means they're trying to cut costs. 
Well, what can you do? Here's something that I would look at. Since they're firing, or, you know, to, to reduce overhead, I would try to create a product or a service to help alleviate the losses they're making. Create a, a, a product or service or process to help them need less people? Not need less people, but to help but, them. But actually, you know what? If, if you had a product or service that you go to a company and say, look, if you take on our product or service, you wouldn't have to pay this much money in salaries because this would take the work of They're doing that anyways, people. dude. I mean, for all the people who think there's this huge war for talent, they've been, there's been salaries have been reduced four times in the past five years. Because of, auto, because of process talent. automation. Pardon me? You're saying because of process automation. No, it's because of being able to import labor or export jobs overseas or import labor from overseas at a much lower wage. So when um, the fees it takes to outsource um, somewhere else becomes about the same level as it would cost to do it here in the United States, then that's going to change, right? Uh, the, the day that we really need talent so badly, you will find that jobs will take will be faster to fill, and there will be a hell of a lot less jobs. Companies are going to be more like, for example, I had a, a woman tell me recently. She says, "Oh, I have so many jobs on my desk. Oh my goodness, there's no shortage for jobs right now." I'm like, "How many have you filled this year? You have lots of jobs, but how many have you filled?" There's a lot of stupid recruiters who taught smart employers to be smarter than us recruiters. In other words, they give us tons of jobs, so we give them tons of candidates, so then we just fill their database. Right, and never hire, do any hiring. And that has happened more and more. I, so I feel for – you know what? Let's, let's, let's hold there for a minute because I feel for my fellow recruiters who do that. You know, what? one thing I tell them, I say, look, I'm only going to submit you two or three people that are, like, the best of the best. Right. You know, I'm not going to keep sending you 10, 20, 50 people for you to say no, not now, because all they do is that a company can just sit on that candidate for, I don't know, maybe six months, six months to a year, maybe. Forget. Yeah, because we don't have time. If you're sending out 20, 30 candidates at a time for two jobs, are you really going to remember to contact those guys in six months? I bet you had like 20 jobs in your desk. Like nah. the woman who's got, I've got 20 jobs in my desk, and how many of you? Exactly, because eventually the recruiter sending that resume is going to forget about them or they're they going to get into something else. Yes. And the company itself may even not, not even be deliberate because I don't want to paint oh, all they companies. Are deliberate. I've not, had not, one company. Some companies for sure, not all companies. But I had one company actually tell one of my candidates, contact me back in six months because she'll forget. Well, I had a good relationship with my candidate, so the candidate told me. Ah, uh, but see, that's not every company. I want to. Oh, I don't want to paint the brush at every company that's that. Although there is a significant number of companies that do I'm do glad that. You qualified, but because, yes, but not every company. No, because I mean, if I can get around paying twenty five thousand dollars if I were a company, and I mean, and it's all about what is it? What the word that people like capitalism? But see, it's, it's capitalism. from the company standpoint, that's not a good process because it, it'll burn you from um, recruiters wanting to work with you for one. You know, and two, and two, and well, yeah, and two. Hold on, excuse me, forget my two. Oh, forget my two. If you're going to sit on somebody for six months to a year, there's no no guarantee they're going to be there. They're probably employed elsewhere. But you know what? You know that you can still get them along the way. At least you have their interest. If they had a genuine interest in your company, sure. Exactly. If they had a genuine interest. Exactly, and especially if the person's working. I had to say, oh, hold out, hold out. We'll be right back with your stretch it out. But the thing is, I mean, it's it's all capitalism. See, in fact, isn't that what Dennis Kozowski did? Isn't it all capitalism? My goodness, taking a 
advantage of, I mean, Tyco did give him loans for his house, hundreds of thousands for several homes, actually, that they forgave him. And unfortunately, Tyco didn't even know they did this. But it's capitalism. How, how could they not know? Because he signed off on it. Wow. He created the loan. He created the, Tyco got the loan and create, and gave it in, in his name and then forgave him the loans several times. Well, you know what? That's, that's when I say it's good to be the king. I mean, it's not the end up getting, but it's the return on the investment that every people talk of this ROI BS. Mm. I mean, it's like, but does it really? Is it really good to be king? Because you know, it's that gold shower curtain that got his butt in trouble. That six thousand dollar gold shower curtain. The six thousand dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, capitalism is not. But that was he went to the military school of recruiting. Okay, I mean, of accounting. Really quickly, I mean, not to digress, but the thing is, capitalism is not what people think it. Do you know capitalism is actually a socialistic system? Eh, eh, don't, yep. don't, don't badmouth capitalism. It's true, though. I love capitalism. I capitalism agree. rocks. Please love go it. Go ahead. I challenge you guys to go out there. I'm don't go pinko on us. Don't go pinko. System. Don't go pinko. Okay. All right. But okay, let's go back and then back to this. Yeah, India, I got to tell you, I hate to tell you guys, I do believe that you guys are going to feel the pain of this recession. Oh, they're going to feel the pain, but but my argument is that there's going to be pain, but you don't have to die from it. Just diversify you uh, your business. Yes, you're diversify. right. I mean, right now, I didn't have, if I bought, like, for example, if I was smart, like this one company, what was it called? National City Company. They just totally wiped out all of their debt by buying Visa stock. Wow. See? I mean, this is a financial company that was completely in debt, totally broke, was probably thinking about going bankrupt, and they wiped out all of their debt by buying Visa stock. Now tell me, who was their financial guy? Because I'd like to bet him on my team. Is uh, Discover and uh, MasterCard and the rest of those guys, are they all public? I have no idea. Now, I now I'm thinking know, I need I, to... Uh... I'm still flabbergasted. I'm still reading. By the way, I'm still reading about it. And by the way, this Bear Stern thing, yeah. well, the government had to renege now and say, we can't really give you the money, you know, J.P. Morgan, oh. because you know what? They, you know, everybody's getting pissed up. We shouldn't be involved. It's taxpayers' money, and we can't bail them out. So now they're kind of reneging backwards, and J.P. Morgan, and then J.P. Morgan had to come back up to the table. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're losing people. Explain Bear Stearns and the whole controversy around that. Bear Stearns, one of the oldest financial industries. Now, they are the oldest. Yeah, they're the oldest, but now go ahead. Now, the reason that they are, I'm not finished, one of the oldest financial industries, now one of the reasons that they're going bankrupt. They've gone bankrupt pretty much. They lost, literally, their stock plummeted. And I say plummeted, I mean plummeted. Yeah. Um, so I think it's like almost $2 a share. And that happened in like overnight, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And the reason being is because they're predominantly a real estate, real estate financial company. Yep. That deal in the stock market. Yep. Okay? A lot of people don't know about the real estate part. That's why they're hurting big time, okay? They're grabbing their butt hurting. And they're worth like, they were worth several billion, but they sold for how much? Well, no, they didn't sell. The whole thing went about, went south um, this weekend, okay? What happened, J.P. Morgan was said, hey, look, we'll buy you $2 to the share, um, $2 a share, okay? Right. And it was going to be like $240 million. Well, the business, right. the building that they own, which was going to be part of the deal, cost about $400 million. <laughs> Okay, so this is why it was a little upside down and a little crazy. And well, see, that, that, that because that's, that's, that's because there's the liabilities and debts that people don't know about. I oh, bet you. It would have to be. It would have to be. 
I mean, they have, I think um, there's a Bank of England. I think it's either Barclays or the Bank of England's got a huge lawsuit against them. Sure. They've got a class action for an employee lawsuit that happened in December regarding sexual harassment or workforce harassment, something like that. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Then they have the ones, oh, nationally, they've got a whole bunch of them going out because of they had all these really fraudulent loans, allegedly. Okay. Yep. Then they also have now the big class action with these employees that came on and said, hey, you can't sell off like that. What about our what a- 401ks? What about those, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so everybody's like, oh, okay, you can't do that. It's not kosher. You ain't going to do that. So. They were looking at so they were looking at Uncle Sam to bail him out, and Uncle, so Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam, well, no, actually, Uncle Sam went to J.P. Morgan was going to give J.P. Morgan like three hundred million or something like that, right. to help them with this. Because what happened is the court system said, "Hey, guess what, Bear Stern? Just because you're hurting doesn't mean that you're not going to have to pay your legal liabilities." Right. So they were going to go bankrupt. Okay, they were actually filing bankruptcy. Well, as of this this week, this morning, I woke up watching Bloomberg, and I was like, "Huh." Well, it seems the uh, government's like, you know, eh, we kind of messed up. Oops, we really can't go ahead and pay tax money out. We've been getting a lot of flack from that. So we messed up here. And, oops, you know, you can't just go ahead and do this. Bear Stearns, you can't just go ahead and think you can sell off and not do this and not do that. And J.P. Dark Morgan, I guess you're going to have to come up to the plate because you've got all these other 401Ks. Oh. They tripled their money. I think it was like double or triple the, their request. Wow. So now it's like $4 a share, but it's still like, you still got a billion dollars. I mean, this building is like $400 million. Wow. Yeah, I know. I mean, but the thing is, like, people say, well, he could make it all sell the building. I'm like, in this recession? Have you not noticed that this recession is based upon, I mean, Well, you know what really? it could do? It's, it's almost like a, a corporate yard sale. But what I'm thinking is that, uh, although the real estate market is really, really hurt over here, it's a good time for overseas investors to come over and, and start buying up America. I you don't want to buy property yet. You want to wait for another. But you know what? I've seen people do that. I, I saw this report on uh, I think it was MSNBC about this um, this couple that was just buying up you know different homes and 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 buildings here. Although they're based, I think, in in Denmark or Germany or someplace like that, because the euro is so strong. They can come over and get it at bargain prices for, for, from well, every point. If they were doing what I was thinking, that what I'm thinking about doing and renting, okay, this is good business plan that I'm planning to do, get into here, okay? I would like to go more to the, and this is what they may be doing, mm. going to the auctions. See, if you go to the auctions, you'll be able to make good bank on your money for the houses. They're starting as low as a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. So the thing is, um, so depending on, because what even I want to do, that I'm thinking about buying a couple in the auctions and then renting them to the people who are losing them. Because these people can't afford. Hmm, so, so your plan is to buy houses from people that are being foreclosed and then rent it back to the people who were foreclosed on? Yeah. I mean, let them be able to stay. That's benevolent. Well, the thing is, well, would they, would they, would they be able to pay your rental fee if they couldn't pay their mortgage fee? First off, here's the deal: um, I'll be buying the house pennies on the dollar, right? Right. And so their mortgage fees. The first off, they were having mortgage fees based on balloon payments. That's just why. I mean, this is why it's ridiculous, and that's why the courts now are coming after these companies and saying, "Nah, we're not going to let you go ahead and make these guys get foreclosure." There was a couple who had a credit in 699 back in New York together, right? Mm. And the court said, these guys should never have had a balloon payment loan. They had, they had great credit. Why, guy, why did you guys do that? No, we're not going to let you foreclose on these guys. Heck no. We're going to go ahead and make you pay for this house. Mm. And that's the way it should be because there was a lot of con artists in here. But 
a lot of people, see, here in California especially, are losing homes. If they lose a home, they can't go to a lot of these places to rent because the fact is they have bad credit. Right. They can't buy a new house because they have bad credit. Another 10 years, they're going to have really shitty credit, right? Excuse the expression. Well, and nobody really wants to rent them. Well, there's some people who are renting to them and are charging them almost as much as what they were paying in rent in the first place. You know what else made me think about? How recruiters need to know how to recession-proof their business, especially well, if they yes. are if in they fact, are consultants. Hey, guess what? Remember how I wanted to do a classes, some classes on that? It seems that somebody got that idea and is doing it. Really? Uh-huh. Interesting. I thought so, too. But we won't, well, that's a different discussion, and that's a private one. But anyways, yeah, I mean, there is a need to recession-proof their businesses. And I think we need, I have some really good people who would love to help put together a class with me and, and you, Jim, that we could do a series on recession-proofing the business. Interesting. Well, on that note, I see the time on the clock says we have to roll. Forty minutes. Woo-hoo! A new record. That's actually, wow, we've we've done well here. A new record. It is. Well, if you have any questions or comments about today's show um, or want to bounce any more ideas uh, off of me or Karen in regards to uh, things discussed here, feel free to drop me an email. You can reach me at jimstroud, that's G-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D, dot com, at jimstroud.com, or you can reach Karen at Karen at jimstroud.com. Looking forward to your comments, and thank you so much for being there. Please tell a friend about the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. Any final words there, Cam? You know, I just want people to understand, hey, you know, this is for real. It really is happening. We're in the midst of it. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself and be aware of what's going on. And also, isn't it, we got to, you know, this is happening. We're at a lucky time, actually. We're at a time right now that we have a new election coming up. And we can actually be helpful to try to end this reception by bringing in the person who understands what to do better. And on that note, uh, see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or (laughs) just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud, and you're not. Radio, radio, radio Innovative audio on demand. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And And we're we're the the Professional Professional Book Book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy happy reading. reading!